Nie ma za co. Lubię się dzielić z przyjaciółmi. Chodźcie zobaczyć. Przestało padać i słońce wyszło. Hurra! O, hurra! Nareszcie! <śmiech> Już pędzimy. Chodź chłodnie, idziemy zobaczyć. Nie! Możemy znowu wyjść na dwór. O, fajnie! Chmury zniknęły! I słoneczko wyszło! Co za wspaniały dzień! Wspaniały dzień na nowe zabawy! To był wspaniały dzień na zdrowe przekąski! Thank you, Barney in Polish. I'm overwhelmed. And off his box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's said And off his box, a box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have half a mind To leave you, babe That means I have half a mind To stay Good evening, it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture every Thursday evening at 6.30. And you know what's really great about the fact that it's 97 degrees? It's the fact that it was 100 degrees last hour. Things are just getting better and better. And I think it, I, I'm obligated to do a show about ice cream and gelato, just to help you with that. So... We're going to think about the beauty of ice cream and gelato. We'll hear from some folks who make ice cream and gelato in the Midwest. And also, you know, you'd think, what, what could be sad about ice cream and gelato? What could make people angry? Well, there's, there has been some conflict through the years, and we're going to talk a bit about that. But let's take a moment to appreciate the folks who have to milk the milk from the udders for us that makes the ice cream. At least, I'm not out there. Are you? Here's Tony Sigourney Ford. Got to milk them in the morning, feed them. Milk them in the evening, blues. This old barnyard heifer got me blue down to my shoes. I get up every morning for anything stirs. I get smacked with a tail full of cuckleburrs. I got to milk them in the morning, feed them. Milk them in the evening, blues. I got the milk em in the morning, feed em. Milk em in the evening blues. This old walleye jersey ain't worth the cut that she chews. I work hard all day bringing in my crops. Then I have to milk you, you won't give nine drops. I got the milk em in the morning, feed em. Milk em in the evening blues. I got the milk em in the morning, feed em, milk em in the evening blues. I don't know why I don't sell you, except look at the money I'd lose. You put your foot in the bucket, kick over the stool, I swear I'm gonna swap you for a blue-nosed mule. I got the milk em in the morning, feed em, milk em in the evening blues. I got the milk em in the morning, feed em, milk em in the evening blues. Now, look at here, old heifer, I'm really gonna tell you some news. 
Even though I said you wouldn't give nine squirts <laughs> Bless your old heart, I love you so much it hurts I got the milk em in the morning, feed em Milk em in the evening blues Milk em in the evening blues Milk em in the evening blues Took a lot of pull to get this job <laughs> Milk em in the evening blues Thank you, Tennessee Henry Ford. We're all going to have to talk deep like this for the rest of the show. Thank you for listening. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm still Mike. Hasn't been that long, really. But uh, food, gelato, things to cool us down because it's 97 degrees. I went to an event recently at the produce station, and there were a bunch of folks with gelato and other kinds of eatable food. Much much food is eatable, in fact. And some of them were from Ann Arbor. Some of them were from farther-flung parts of the Midwest, and I talked to a few of them. In fact, uh, one of the folks I talked to we're going to hear from now, it's Jenny Britton-Bauer. She's the president and founder of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams from Columbus, Ohio. And I came upon some salty caramel Splendid Ice Cream, and it was kind of like some of that sea foam candy, only an ice cream form, and it was kind of scary, but, you know, in a good way. And I asked her, so uh, what have you got there? American scoop shop ice cream, I like to call it. Um, but we, um, we, we make everything from scratch. We start with raw milk. We work with three small dairy farms for all of our milk and, uh, and, and cream, but it all comes from milk. Uh, make it all in our kitchen with um, ingredients from people we know. Okay. Where are the uh, farms that you get them? Most of them are in southern Ohio, um, uh, in, in, near Athens. Okay. Does it a lot of driving back and forth? Well, we have a couple of trucks that help with that, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and we have a dairy creamery that we work with down there called Snowville Creamery, which is wonderful. Okay. Um, so that, that helps, too. I mean, the dairy business is very complex, and so, you know, having uh, the, the, the right people in the right places uh, makes a big difference. Okay. What are some of your uh, flavors? Where'd you come up? How'd you come up with flavors, and what are some of your favorite ones? Well, I started making ice cream in 1996 in the North Market in Columbus, which is our indoor public market that has about 60 different merchants and farmers that come in on the weekends. And so I just made ice cream out of everything that they carried. So whether it was, um, it, you know, Venezuelan chocolates or, um, or you know, smoked salmon or um, all the spices and all the all the local produce or the milk and everything. I just started making ice creams out of that, and I still do that today. In fact, a lot of the farmers that I that I worked with back then, like our strawberry or blueberry farmers, uh, we just scaled up over the years, and we can we continue to work with them. Back then, I would buy a pint. Now I'm buying a whole field of blueberries. Um, back then, I would buy uh, vanilla beans from a person who had a spice shop across from me, and now I work directly with a vanilla bean grower in Uganda. That's all fair trade, and they send them directly to me. Okay. Well, fair trade uh, is a good point. And what are some other standards that you have for your uh, ice creams? Well, we consider ourselves a dairy company first uh, because we realize that it's so difficult to, to source dairy that we had to basically become the dairy, you know, a dairy. I mean, not with cows, but like a creamery. Um, so grass pasture is one that we put our, we like to do. Um, we kind of joke about biodynamic. We do work with some biodynamic farmers, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything to us. We want it to taste good, and we want to know the people who grow it if we possibly can, or we want to have some kind of standards around that. Almost never do we think about organic, um, but we often work with organic farmers as well. Uh, but mostly we just like to work directly with people. So Gene McKenzie up here does our goat cheese. We have brewers and distillers making uh, beer for us down in Columbus. We've got whiskey distillers who are working with Ohio Red Wheat and making whiskey out of it. Uh, but we just like to know people, and that's really mostly the standard we go by because we like to, we like to grow our business as a community, not just as a sort of top-down business. So you are really interested in local and organic, but your main point is how does it taste? Is that what I'm hearing? 
the main thing is always how does it taste. But I think also having a relationship with you, they're really neck and neck. I mean, you get flavor from um, working with somebody over years. I mean, our vanilla or our, um, our mint grower, for instance, we found a certain mint after we worked with her for about five summers. And the mint is, 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 would just became really good when we, once we found that there's this black peppermint called Robert Mitchum peppermint that grows in a specific place on her farm that actually makes better mint ice cream than when it grows in a different place or when it's a different kind of mint. But, you know, knowing people, that's how you sort of tweak up just a little bit every uh, season. Robert Mitchum peppermint? Yeah, Robert Mitchum peppermint, which I just love. Okay. It's American scoop shop ice cream, I like to call it. Um, but we... Jenny Brittenbauer talking about Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams and Robert Mitchum. That's from Columbus, Ohio, she's from. And yeah, good stuff. It's 97 degrees. Did I mention that? No, you knew that. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and we're trying to cool it down with some gelato and some ice cream. Gelato is generally a denser form of ice cream with intense flavors, but uh, sometimes I find that... The lines are drawn between gelato and ice cream, or I should say that the lines are blurred. I should say that my vision's blurred with the heat right now, but right now we're listening to the Hot Club of Norway, or no doubt it's very hot up there. And while I was at this event at the produce station last weekend, I also spoke to a fellow by the name of Marco Riolo, and he's the ambassador, he says, of Piazzolo Gelato and Artisan Creamery, and... Well, I asked him, you know, what is that all about? What do you got there? What's the story? We're a large manufacturer of gelato. We have eight or six to eight hundred different flavors. We use unkind ingredients, and we're really supporting local businesses and sharing the awesome with people. And where are you based? Uh, we're based out of Fenville, Michigan, on the west side of the state. So I noticed your sign also says Artisan Gelato and Design. What's that about? Uh, artisan Gelato and Design, we are handmade. It's it's all real. So it's like everything from start to finish is real ingredients, real bases, everything that goes into it. The design side, we literally build out so we can make food trucks. Uh, we can do um, custom build-outs for restaurants. Anyone that wants to either support, build, or create, we do it all. Okay. How did it all start out? Uh, Pete Palazzolo had a vision to, you know, share the world of gelato with people, and he's been doing it ever since now, 25 years, and it's just expanded across the United States and a couple parts of the world. Okay. Where do you get your uh, milk and such from? Uh, local farmers, then we have our own pasteurizers, you know, the whole, the whole works. We're a dairy manufacturer uh, in Fenville, so we also do our own dairy as well. Uh, what are some of your favorite flavors? Oh, man. Uh, today I have banana caramel praline, espresso. Uh, I like toasted coconut almond fudge, red raspberry ghost pepper. I love vanilla. I love the uh, Tahitian vanilla. Gosh, what else is there? Triple dark chocolate chocolate with chocolate. I mean, it just goes on. I can't ever stop really eating them. you say something about pepper in there? Uh, yeah, we have one that's called red raspberry ghost pepper. We also do a uh, Mexican chocolate chipotle. Um, we can pretty much make anything anyone can think of. So I'm just thinking raspberry, and what it, what kind of pepper is ghost pepper? That's new to me. So. Oh, ghost pepper is the hottest pepper in the world, I think, to date right now. There might be one other, but we use the ghost pepper. Um, what it does, it creates a, a taste where you have this refreshing raspberry, and then it heats up in your mouth, and then it cools down again with the raspberry. So you have a very unique blend of things going on inside your mouth, like a festival, essentially. 
and a festival it was indeed. And you notice those hip-hop beats in the background? I mean, that's B-E-A-T-S, not B-E-E-T-S. But hip-hop beats they were, and I got a little closer, and I started to hear the sounds of the beats, and, well, there's nothing to do with ice cream or gelato, but I was entranced, and what could I do? I, uh, I started hearing voices. I started hearing sounds. So the taste, it's amazing. Try my tomato, uh, yo I took a step up to the garden level And what I saw was more awesome than God in heaven It was a sight to be seen, a smell to be smelt It was a thing to be touched, it was a feeling to be felt And yes, I felt it so hard Fell in love with tomato and Swiss chard One step in, no, it wasn't so hard Now I'm showing my card, I'm a bona fide gardener And yes, I'm living large Yes, this garden here is my home A place where I'm growing my way Trying my tomatoes, you'll go crazy for sure. I used to eat fast food and quarter pound burgers. Now I'm eating vegetables you never heard of. Word up, my body sure appreciates the service. I reap what I sow, and no, I don't forget to serve it. I could cook a mad dish better than you could purchase. Get the fat, forget the salt, forget what's on the surface. Get the added sugar that's just playing with a purpose. Layer in for entertainment's sake. It's all the same fake dish I just can't take. This corporate take over on my brain pathways. I'd rather eat leftovers than play that game. I'm driving through a gauntlet of fast food names, so I can't be blamed if I take my place in this drive through lane. Gonna have faith I can make it through saying, cause I got my people to see me through and the taste of real food to keep me good. Yes, this garden here is my home, a place where I'm growing. Are you in the garden? I'm in the garden. It's my home. We're here at Pandora's Lunchbox Gardens here. It's a theme park. But I also found myself, I needed to come a little closer, and I had to talk to this fella. It turns out he's not working alone. He's alone with his little amp, but he's not working alone. He's with an organization called Rap for Food. So I asked him, uh, what's the story? I go by the name Homegrown when I'm on the stage, and uh, a.k.a. Lucas Okay. <laughs> so how'd you get started uh, rapping for food? Well, I've been doing spoken word and hip-hop for about 10 years, and it's really just what's going on in your life, what's happening. And in the past couple years, I started volunteering with Project Grow, started moving up in the organization, really getting involved, and I think that community gardening is access to the local food system. So that's what I, you know, my time, my mind was filled with, and that's what comes out when I write. Do you cook also? <laughs> I do, yeah. That's actually how I got into gardening, because I felt like I had to have fresh herbs around all the time. And that's what really, you know, I was like, well, if I can grow these, then I can afford them. And then it's like, well, what else can I grow? <laughs> what other kind of subjects have you done? Oh, well, you know, anything that's going on in your life, you know, I've done from love to um, crab rangoon, which is also food, but that was before I was really into the local healthy food, which is kind of the message I'm trying to promote. But I've actually rapped about Game of Thrones, too. I don't okay. know if you're a fan, but yeah. I've read the books, and when you read, you know, thousand-page books in succession, it's hard to not have something come out from that. You know? <laughs> and you're based in Ann Arbor? Yep, yep. Yeah, I went to U of M and uh, graduated and then fell in love with the city outside the university and can't seem to leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you think maybe, do you have a favorite uh, rap that you do? Ooh, um, gosh, I think Farmer's Anthem was the last one I did. I think that's my favorite right now because the energy kind of gets people. And then I do the call and response, too. That's how I get them. Okay. Yeah. You're going Farmer's Market, Farmer's Market. What was <laughs> exactly. the other one? Uh, produce Station. Right, so you had yeah. people chanting back and forth on that one today. Exactly, yeah, and that just a way to get people energized, get them moving, you know, and uh, I had the battery-powered amp, so I could just set up right there, and as you know, element of surprise is always good. Yeah. <laughs>
And where else do you perform? Um, I've performed at uh, Farmer's Markets, uh, Ann Arbor Farmer's Market. Um, hoping to do a show at the Blind Pig uh, next month, actually. Uh, hopefully, potentially part of Chill Will's classic if that, uh, when, that, when that comes together. And uh, pretty much anywhere I can. Community gardens, at schools, um, any, anywhere where uh, music is welcome. <laughs> and you have a website? Absolutely. You can check me out, rapforfood.org. And uh, also a link to the Facebook. We're under construction right now, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, just that our mission is to support localization, sustainable food systems, and youth gardening through the arts. So we're just trying to really connect the local food movement with the music scene. People seem to have the same values, you know, and I just want to make those connections because I feel them for myself, and I want to give that to others. So homegrown and wrapped for food. There you go. It's not about uh, gelato or ice cream, but it is food, and that's good. So this is Pandora's Lunchbox, and coming up at 7, it'll be time for our wolf to help us to face the music, and that we will do. In the meantime, a little bit about ice cream and gelato, getting back a little onto that uh, beautiful subject there. Now, says here in Wikipedia, in the Persian Empire, people would pour grape juice concentrate over snow in a bowl and eat it as a treat, especially when the weather was hot, like today. Snow would either be saved in the cool, keeping underground chambers known as Yachchal, or taken from snowfall that remained at the top of mountains by the summer capital. In 400 BC, the Persians went further and invented a special chilled food made of rose water and vermicelli, which was served to royalty during summers. The ice was mixed with saffron, fruits, and various other flavors. Ancient civilizations have served ice for cold foods for thousands of years. The BBC reports that a frozen mixture of milk and rice was used in China around 200 BC, and the Roman Emperor Nero had ice brought from the mountains and combined it with fruit toppings. We don't have mountains here. We have the hills, but no mountains. Now... Just a moment ago, we just heard from Jenny of Columbus, Ohio, about her ice cream and also of the Robert Mitchum Mint Spearmint, I believe it was. Well, thank you, David, who did the last scintillating exercise show, put a Robert Mitchum CD right in front of me. So we're going to hear some Robert Mitchum singing about food, food that you might make, say, coconut milk ice cream out of, like this. Honey, come and go with me Back to the West Indies Baby, can't you see I'm losing me pep and me energy What I need is Drink the coconut water The jelly Drink the coconut water Yes, it is a builder Drink the coconut water I cannot get in America What is the tonic, man? Drink the coconut water The jelly Drink the coconut water Yes, it is a builder Drink the coconut water I cannot get in America at the medical center, what you think? The doctors told me I have to drink. They said, take this advice from me, Bobby, and go back to the West Indies. What you need is drink the coconut water, the jelly, drink the coconut water. It is a builder, drink the coconut water, I cannot get in America. What is the tonic, man? Drink the coconut water. Drink the coconut water Drink the coconut water I cannot get in America I 
remember when I was young I was a husky and very strong Now I am so feeble and weak My knees keep knocking when I walk the street What I need is Drink the coconut water Drink the coconut water Drink the coconut water I cannot get in America What is the tonic man? Drink the coconut water The jelly Drink the coconut water Yes, it is a builder Drink the coconut water I cannot get in America My friends, I would be glad The day I get back to Trinidad I know my people would be glad to see me like a monkey climbing up the coconut tree. What I need is drink the coconut water, the jelly, drink the coconut water. Yes, it is a builder, drink the coconut water. I cannot get in America. What is the tonic man? Drink the coconut water, the jelly, drink the coconut water. Yes, it is a builder, drink the coconut water. I cannot get in America. Can't get that in America, can you? That's Robert Mitchum. No, seriously. Robert Mitchum. He recorded an entire album in 57 and 58, looks like, from the notes here, called Calypso Is Like So. Robert Mitchum, noted Calypso performer and sometimes actor as well. And that was, in fact, a tune called Coconut Water. Fact is, says the liner notes, Robert Mitchum was learning the fascinating language of Calypso long before it became the rage in the USA, and he was learning it in his true home, Trinidad. It's 97 degrees. Strange things are happening. People are doing goose calls in the studio. Can you hear that? You can't? Oh, that's that's disturbing. You don't hear? Oh, my. You don't hear? Goose calls. I hear them. I think it's hot. But... Speaking of ice cream and gelato, hello, um, I want to tell you something a little more serious about ice cream. Did you know Did you know about the Glasgow Ice Cream Wars? The Glasgow Ice Cream Wars. There were conflicts in the east end of Glasgow in Scotland in the 1980s between rival ice cream van operators over lucrative territory. The conflicts involved daily violence and intimidation and led to the deaths by arson of several members of the family of one ice cream van driver and a consequent court case that lasted for 20 years. Yikes! Several ice cream vendors also sold stolen goods and drugs along their routes, using the ice cream sales as fronts, and much of the violence was either intimidation or competition relating to those. The conflicts generated widespread public outrage and earned the Strathclyde Police the nickname the Serious Chimes Squad, a pun on Serious Crime Squad and the chimes of the ice cream trucks, you know, for its perceived failure to address them. You can read an extensive account of the Glasgow Ice Cream Wars on Wikipedia. I could spend several hours on that, but I won't. But there is also, interestingly enough, an unrelated novel written by a Scottish author, William Boyd, in 1982, called An Ice Cream War... It's described in Wikipedia as a darkly comic novel. The story focuses on the battle fought in East Africa between British and German forces during World War I and how it affects several people whose paths will converge. And it was nominated for a Booker Prize in the year of its publication. There's also a movie by a Scottish director called Comfort and Joy from 1984, written and directed by Bill Forsyth, the Scottish director, a fictional comedy about 
two Italian ice cream vendor families in Glasgow in a conflict very similar to the ones described in the Wikipedia article. Mm. In a Reuters article in 2009 on the conflict in Gaza, a writer said trying to, to describe a remote conflict of obscure origins and also the curious and unexpected situations that arise in combat, a writer once coined the phrase, an ice cream war. That must refer to the author of that novel from 1982. So it seems to have become a phrase that's resonated. But ice cream can be happy, in fact. I can mention, in fact, one important development in the 20th century was the introduction of soft ice cream. A chemical research team in Britain, of which a young Margaret Thatcher was a member, Margaret, thank you, discovered a method of doubling the amount of air in ice cream, which allowed manufacturers to use less of the actual ingredients, thereby reducing costs. And air is good. You should breathe more. So eating soft-serve ice cream with less ice cream and more air in it probably helps you breathe. So if you bring soft-serve ice cream and gelato, which is a lot more dense, in contact with each other, will the universe explode? We'll have to try that on the show sometime. But in the meantime... Some Michigan news to get us towards the end of the hour. It's happening. We're careening towards the very end of the hour. This is actually good news. Not to do with ice cream, but you could make ice cream out of some of these products, probably. It says in the Associated Press that Michigan State University is working with Detroit Mayor Dave Bing's office on plans for an urban... Arc- it's 97 degrees. Did I mention that? an urban agriculture facility that could lead to new companies and jobs. Bing says the Metro Food Plus Innovation Cluster, not Google Cluster, but the Metro Food Plus Innovation Cluster at Detroit could help redefine metropolitan food and agriculture for the 21st century. The Detroit Free Press says a large working farm could be part of the program. Empty buildings also may be turned into multi-level farms. The East Lansing-based Michigan State University, as opposed to the other one, is providing a three-year, $1.5 million commitment and faculty for the project. Backers say it's expected to develop Detroit as a world center for urban food systems technology. So that's what's going on. Well, you know, I've been Mike for a while, and I'd like to appreciate you for letting me do that. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. Stay hydrated. It's 97-odd degrees. Eat ice cream and gelato. Don't replace it with nutritious foods unless you feel you really should. But Arwolf is going to help to face the music with us in just a moment. But let's go out with another slang term here, ice cream man, hunky man. Hunky man was an old term for ice, for ice cream long, long time ago. A kid by the name of Sugar Child Robinson, as a matter of fact, was about nine years old when he recorded this song, and he was more on the ball than most of us. Hunky man, possibly, we were trying to figure that out on an earlier show. Is it the big hunks of square ice cream maybe you'd get from an ice cream truck in the old days? What does it all mean? But nonetheless, here it is. This is The Hunky Man, subtitled The Ice Cream Man by Sugar Child Robinson from the album Go Boy Go. This has been Tandor's Lunchbox. Thank you for letting that happen. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Keep listening and stay cool. Man. 
And all of you children are swinging in the swing. Come and get a hunky, cause it's just a thing. And all of you children running in the street. Come and get a hunky, cause it can't be beat. Sugar Child Robinson. I was telling Mike this guy was in show business at the age of nine and decided to stop doing that when he was twelve. And I think he only made he made a gospel record in the sixties or something. Active around Detroit, wasn't he? I believe so. I believe so yeah. And I've often thought that uh, another clue. I mean, yeah, that I think a hunk of ice cream would explain why it's called hunky, and he's a hunky man. But I always uh, reflect on the, the fact that <laughs> ice cream is often uh, white. Anyway, it's, uh, it's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. Time for Face the Music. Tonight, we're going to focus on a guy who was uh, actually a little bit, physically a little bit larger than Fats Waller. This guy's name was Tiny Parham, P-A-R-H-A-M. And he made a lot of great records in Chicago in the late 1920s. And I'm just going to spend this hour spinning them for you. It is dangerously hot outside. Keep yourself hydrated. Do not let any cats, dogs, or people suffer or become injured by this heat. This is uh, I know if people down south would go, oh, this ain't nothing. But uh, we feel that this is dangerously hot weather. So everybody get hydrated with tiny parham. Here's a, a recording made in July of 1929. It's called Washboard Wiggles. It's Tiny Parham and his musicians. Look at the washboard. Watch it wiggle. Mm-hmm. 